For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Catherine Terrell, who covers the New Orleans Saints for the Athletic New Orleans, about this Sunday's game against the 49ers. I think when we saw this game on the schedule before the season, a lot of people anticipated it would be a a rematch, a blow-to-blow battle of two heavyweights like we saw last season down in the Big Easy. A lot of people looked at that schedule and went, how can the 49ers have to go back to New Orleans? Here they are again. It's a much different-looking 49er team, so much so that Emmanuel Sanders is now on the other side, where in the New Orleans Saints black and gold, you've got Juan Alexander on the other side and the 49ers without Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle, or any of the heroes from last season's big win in New Orleans. It'll be Nick Mullins under center. All stuff we can talk about with Catherine Terrell, who joins me next. It's Friday, November 13th. My pleasure now to welcome in Catherine Terrell. She covers the Saints for the Athletic New Orleans. Catherine, it's great to have you and uh, catching up this time with the 49ers and the the Saints is going to be a little bit different, I think, than last year, right? Different looking 49er team and the Saints are, are rolling again. You know, when this schedule came out, I looked at that game and I thought it was going to not only be the most exciting game on the Saints schedule other than the Chiefs coming to town, but I thought it was going to be the most important. It's so crazy how the NFL goes. I remember last year, Standing downstairs, usually we're in the press box, but, you know, we have to run downstairs early to be able to make locker room, which obviously you don't have to do anymore. And watching the end of the game on TV, and you can just hear the crowd from the other room, even though we couldn't see them. And it was so close and ended up being a very important game, just like we thought it would. And now we are here a year later and things are vastly different, but still excited to see these two teams match up, even if the Niners have had some pretty bad injury luck lately well the 49ers haven't had an opportunity to really play in front of any fans at all so going to the Superdome it's going to be a little bit different there will be some people there an opportunity for them to watch just a little bit but I felt in talking about the Saints this year that their season started I don't want to say similarly but it was a little bit rocky right they lose two of their first three games this year last year they had the situation where they lost Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater capably steps in I don't think he lost a start in which he stepped in for Drew Brees and all of a sudden now the Saints have won five in a row they've got the Niners, the Eagles, the Falcons, and the Broncos, this part of the schedule, all of a sudden, when you look at it before the year, may have been more difficult. Now is looking kind of soft. There's really no reason, and I know you said nothing is regular now in, in 2020, but sort of looking at this next stretch, looks like maybe they should be 9-2 and two heading into a, an opportunity to take out the defending champs. You know, I just wrote a piece on The Athletic about that very subject, and it was kind of analyzing what we thought about the schedule back then and what we think about it now. Now, I think any three-game road stretch is difficult for any team. The Saints always tend to throw some sort of clunker to a team that people don't think they're going to lose to. Very often, it's the Falcons, uh, just because of that rivalry. So I could see that game. The Falcons are playing a little better. So I could see that game maybe tripping the Saints up. I could see this game tripping the Saints up, coming off of that big Bucks game. But if the Saints play like they've been playing and like they're capable of playing, then yes, you're right. They would be just fine heading into this big showdown with the Chiefs. But we'll be kind of interested to see if they can – kind of stay on even keel week in and week out just coming off that monster game in Tampa. Yeah, big 38-3 to win over the Bucks. That's got to feel good rolling into this game, but you're right. Teams in, in the NFL are oftentimes prone to a letdown game. You, you hope as a Saints fan that that is not the way this game is going to go, but there's going to be a player involved in this game who 49er fans are familiar with, and he was big in that game last year, Emmanuel Sanders. I think he threw a touchdown pass in that game against the Saints last year. He's dealt with a COVID situation for a lot of this season. You also, in that piece, talked about his big second-half potential. What are your thoughts about Emmanuel Sanders, and what are the 49er fans going to see this weekend? You know, I remember a year ago, 
I actually took a few days off. It was around the trade deadline, but I was still texting people just to see if, if anything was going to happen because Saints fans wanted Emmanuel Sanders so badly. They just kept asking me, are they going to get Sanders? Are they going to get Sanders? Are they going to get any wide receiver? And as we know, they did not. Sanders ended up going to the 49ers, playing against the Saints, and just completely destroying them. So, of course, there was a lot of sadness among Saints fans. Like, why couldn't we get that guy? And now, now here he is. Now, he did have a slow start. Uh, he kept saying the playbook and, and just his offense was a lot to adjust to. It's a very difficult offense to kind of jump in. But you could see week to week the progression. And now that he's come off the COVID list, Michael Thomas is back. I think with those two combined with a tight end, Jared Cook, and then Alvin Kamara, that's really hard to defend against. So I think the Saints offense could just be rolling from week to week now. That's why I think that he could have this big second half. He's obviously capable of it. We saw it in that game. We've seen it a million times over his career. So I'm kind of excited to see what this team can do with healthy Michael Thomas and with a healthy Emmanuel Sanders. What do you think that does for other guys? Because like, I know fantasy owners out there look at, at other guys in the Saints roster and they go, dude, Drew Brees is a quarterback. Guys like Traquan Smith should be catching touchdowns. Having Michael Thomas back, that's going to command a lot of attention. You get Emmanuel Sanders back, you can stretch the field there as well. Of course, you mentioned the dump-off game to Alvin Kamara, and I want to get to him in a minute. But in thinking about what that does for the offense, I mean, these other guys should start to eat a little bit more too, right? Yeah, fantasy players have always been very frustrated by the Saints outside of maybe Kamara because the Saints are the type of team that will just throw a touchdown to some guy you've never heard of. If you look at the Bucks game, they threw passes to 12 different guys. So sometimes they're just games. They don't rely on a number one receiver. Now, last year was a little different. They didn't really have anyone. So they just went to Michael Thomas over and over again. But I see no reason that both of these guys can't get a ton of touches and a ton of receptions going forward. It's kind of interesting to see which way they lean, but I think it'll be one of those situations that probably makes fantasy players want to tear their hair out unless they have Camara. But if you're just a pure football fan or a Saints fan, you're just excited to see what Thomas can do healthy and without all the attention like, focused on him like it was last year. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Talking about Alvin Kamara and talking about fantasy owners loving a player on the Saints. I mean, this is a guy who burst onto the scene as a rookie. I think a lot of people didn't anticipate he was going to have the impact that he did. And he's really served best, I think, when he's got a, a second helping running back, right? Like when he had Mark Ingram and now he's got Murray back there as well. You, you like having him with a second guy you can mix and match with. But I wonder about his production in the receiving game and in the, in the rushing attack. Is this a guy like... Christian McCaffrey, who we could see have a 1,000-yard season from both sides here. He's capable right now, midway through the season, he's got 470 rushing yards. He's got 565 receiving yards. He's not that far off from getting to 1,000 at both. Yeah, he's perfectly capable of it. It just kind of depends on what they want to do with him. Will it be harder now that Thomas and Sanders are back? Probably, just because he doesn't have to do so much. Like He plays his best when he has kind of another back to team up with. And he was just getting asked to do so much at the beginning of the season. I mean, I just wrote that he was pretty much dragging this team through the first half of the season. He is their MVP for sure. And while that's awesome and shows what a great player he is, as a coach or maybe as a team doctor, it's not what you want. You don't want your star player just having that much of a workload, especially when you look at last year and he had that knee injury. I mean, you just don't want him to get hurt. But he just signed this big contract, as uh, people may remember. 
I know there were some arguments as to whether the Saints should pay him. I think he's proving them wrong there. And that's because he's not just a running back. He is as good as almost any receiver they could have. I mean, he really can just do anything. And uh, he's probably good for one explosive play a game at minimum. So, I mean, he's a guy that you just can't help but love to watch. Yeah, I kind of wonder, is he going to end up with more receiving yards or more rushing yards this year? It could literally go either way. It's pretty close. You're right. He's, he's already almost matched or topped his receiving numbers from last year, uh, just based on what he's already done. 565, eight games through the season at this point. Hey, there's another guy in this game 49ers are familiar with. You talk about Emmanuel Sanders, the impact he had last year. 49er fans really last year loved Quan Alexander. Even when he got injured and he came back and he was blowing the foghorn and, and doing all the stuff at the playoff games for the Niners last year, Quan Alexander was kind of a part of the heartbeat of this team. And a lot of guys spoke highly of him when the Niners traded him to the Saints. Now, he He's off the exemplus. He's eligible for week 10. I'm wondering from a a fan perspective, because 49er fans, I think, were understanding of the move. They had to get out of salary cap trouble. And I look at the Saints, and that's a team that's maybe in a little salary cap trouble after this year. Was this move made as as an all-in type of move? And and how are fans feeling about this trade? I think they felt that Kiko Alonso was not really going to have a role coming forward, coming off the PUP. Now, I mean, Alonzo definitely has his uses, and he is a good run stopper. But with the way the Saints play lately, there was really no more space for him. So the Saints are almost always in nickel. So I'm kind of intrigued to see how they go about that, because I don't think they're going to pull C.J. Gardner-Johnson off the field, which makes me think that Alexander is going to end up maybe replacing one of the linebackers. They're not taking Demario Davis off the field ever, so it would have to be Alex Anzalone. And his strength is coverage, so I think that was kind of intriguing to them. I don't think that they traded for a middle season to have him be a backup, but I wonder at what point does he kind of make that transition. I don't know. That's kind of the sense I get. I mean, Peyton even said the day they traded for him, he's going to compete with Alex Anzalone. To me, that's almost always code for he's probably <laughs> yeah. going to be the next starter. But you just never know. The thing about Anzalone is I do think he's been playing fine this year, but he's had a lot of health issues. I mean, I know Alexander has too, but Anzalone's healthy now, but he's never played a full season. So I don't know. Maybe that was in their heads as well. And I wonder about, you know, when they can get him on the field, I want to see what happens. It's, it's sort of a shame that they couldn't get him on in time and because of that exemplist to see Tom Brady because the 38-3 to win over the Bucks looks big, but they've already played him twice now. And I basically am thinking this because I want to know for sure whether or not the Saints are the best team in the NFC, right? Like, I think a lot of people looked at the Bears and said, that team is Fugazi. They're 3-0, and and they're switching quarterbacks, and now they're kind of falling down a little bit. The 49ers, obviously not the team because of injuries they were last year. The Bucks just fell flat on their face after kind of looking for a few weeks like they might be the best. I'm feeling like after last Sunday night, there's no reason to believe that the Saints aren't the best team in the NFC. I think they're certainly capable of it, but they just haven't shown consistency week to week, even with that win streak. You just kind of never know what Saints team are you going to get, what offense are you going to get, what secondary are you going to get. But I think they obviously have an argument for being up there because really no one's taken that mantle or taken that that title, that label. Nobody's held on to it, right? Like people have touched it, but they haven't held on to it. Right. Like maybe, I mean, I know some people have said the Seahawks maybe. I mean, they're up there. I think the Saints are up there. The Bucks, despite what happened this week, I think still have a case to at least be mentioned there because the Bucks are still in contention to make the playoffs. You know, there's still a long way to go. But, yeah, if the Saints play like they played Sunday, then there's no question. 
a long, long uh, second half of the season. So I guess we'll see who ends up at the top in a few weeks, or more than a few weeks. Or it won't be that long, based on the new uh, the new COVID uh, uh, exemptions. Now they've got they, they're saying now you know you could get fourteen to sixteen now, based on the COVID concerns oh, if they don't finish the season. But fingers crossed that they can finish this thing. Catherine, I appreciate the time today. Great conversation. We'll keep following you in the athletic at cat underscore Terrell on Twitter. Give her a follow for all the Saints stuff this weekend, and uh, and we'll catch up with you down the road. Yep. Thanks for having me on. Fantastic breakdown from Catherine Terrell. Make sure you follow her or read her in The Athletic. She's got a bunch of good stuff out this week about the Saints. And looking at their schedule, looking at the teams they've got to play next, as I mentioned, their next four, 49ers, Falcons, Eagles, Broncos, and then they've got a date with the Kansas City Chiefs. So uh, that could be a fun one here at the back end of the season. But as we talked about, no team in the NFC has really claimed that title of being number one, at least for an extended period of time. A team we did not mention, the Green Bay Packers, certainly up there as well. Seahawks have to figure out that pass defense if they plan to be there in February. Thank you to Catherine. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to you, the listener, for riding with us for another week of the update. We'll be back with you on Monday with Anthony Slater, who covers the Golden State Warriors for The Athletic. A lot of fun Warrior conversation with the draft on Wednesday, free agency starting on Friday, and there were rumors this week about a James Harden trade. The Warriors, one of the teams mentioned, that's crazy stuff. We'll talk about all that on Monday. But until then, enjoy the weekend.